Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight, rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. Now, let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. How you doing? 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 Go. <laughs> that enthusiasm, man. It's a new year. New enthusiasm, man. Enthusiasms. <laughs> Welcome back, my friends, to the new year that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come the inside. New year that never ends. Yeah. I am Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. Hey. Hi. All right. So this is our uh, is this our first uh, podcast of the new year? <laughs> uh, technically, yes. Technically, yeah. All right. I still have to post. Um, what? This show sucks. Episode eleven. Yeah, yeah. yeah but we'll, I waited specifically for this week so that we'd have more than one. Podcast. Yeah, and then next week, uh, back to normal. Next week we'll have uh, we'll do uh, best of uh, twenty, best and worst of twenty sixteen, and then uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Well, no, uh, yes and no. But. Yes and no. Yes and no. All right. <laughs> so this is uh, Cinescape presents. <laughs> Do you, you are we gonna call it Cityscape Presents? Whatever. All right. Whatever's easier. I'm just so used to calling it a couple of average Joes. It, it is, but we're we're using a couple of average Joes for non movie stuff. Yeah. So we'll still have a couple of average Joes. The thing is is that now that I own the company or we own the company, I yeah. say, uh Cinescape Incorporated. Mm-hmm. So whoever else is using the Cinescape name. Ah. We should be Haas and Pfeffer mm-hmm. Incorporated. We should be Haas and Pfeffer Incorporated. <laughs> or Statler and Waldorf. We're going to do it. <laughs> but um, what was I going to say? So now that we're Cinescape Incorporated, and Cinescape is generally movies, you know, based off the magazine and whatnot. So that's what we went after. Yeah. And there, are, there there's a bunch of, like, there's a Kuwaiti company called Cinescape. Well, I'm not worried about them. And there's, there's a couple of movie... Podcast called Cinescape. Are there? Yeah. There's Fuckers. A, there's a company. You know, com- there's a podcast place that is whatever the name of the podcast is. Yeah. And then it's Cinescape Movies or Cinescape Podcast. Can we sue them? Technically, we could. Huh. We can send a cease and desist, but I'm not going to because they suck. Well, no, they're actually not bad. It's that why should I go after them? When they've already, you know, they've, 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 it helps us. Okay. It helps us. It helps them. So whatever. You know, it'd be funny if they tried to say, hey, we were here first. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I own the company. I know. Cinescape Incorporated. I can, it is an entertainment company, podcast, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. But I'm not here to make enemies. All right. So. I mean, I, we could, we could send a cease and desist, mm. but they're not using the same logos or anything else like that. So. Damn it. All right. So I'm being cool. I'm being cool for now. We're being cool, just like the movie <laughs> Moana. Yeah. <laughs> All right, because that's going to be our Moana podcast. We're going to do to this uh, week. All right. Bringing in the new year. Yeah. All right. So we'll talk about that one. We'll talk about my. Uh, oh no, that's right. That's we're 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 combining our movie reviews. Recombining. Yeah. <laughs> Recombinate recombinators. Yeah. My flick of the week is a 2016 <laughs> film. Uh, Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, which uh, in layman's terms is what the fuck, starring no. Tina Fey. White trash. 
They said it was for WTF. Well, it's also white trash. Whiskey Tango is white trash. Okay, well, there's a reason why it's what the fuck for this movie. I understand that, but... Anyway. <coughs> Whiskey Tango Foxtrot is a a new euphemism for what what the fuck. It's, yeah. it's always been considered uh, white trash. White trash... White trash fondling? White trash fanatic or white trash fuck face or something like that. Fuckers. White trash fluffer? White trash fluffer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and uh, your flick of the week? Mystery Men. Ooh. Okay. Paul Rubens. Yeah. Ben Stiller. He's going to get real angry. Yep. <laughs> God, that part Golding. with Greg Kinnear, when, when he doesn't make it, yeah. then his face... Awesome, because I did not totally, I did not expect that at all. I don't think anybody expected that, but let's we'll get into yeah. the right. review. <laughs> so, all right, and then uh, whatever else we decide to talk about on this episode, all right? Yep. So take it away, Johnny. Shouldn't it be Moana or Tafiti? Actually, I know a uh, a Hawaiian named Johnny. <laughs> yeah. So it works. All right. Take it away, Johnny Rubio. All right. All right here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> Meanwhile, all right. So, Mike and I went and saw, I believe, our seventh or eighth animated film of the year, um, and we kind of didn't want to. You know, yeah, because I think we've been Disneyed out. You know, like, I mean, look, we don't consider, even though it is owned by Disney now, we don't consider Star Wars to be Disney, really. So we don't count Rogue One as a Disney movie, but we still saw a bunch of Disney shit. I mean, we saw Jungle Book, Dory. We saw Zootopia. a ton of animated movies this year. Yeah, we, you know, we saw yeah, Secret Life of Pets. Uh, but yeah, so we saw we saw Zootopia. Plenty. Yeah, Zootopia, Jungle Book. Well, that wasn't anime, but it was Disney. Finding Dory, the Dory. BFG, Secret Life of Pets, Sausage Party. Yeah, I mean, in a way, Warcraft was kind of animated. Yeah, but not. It was like half animated. Yeah, but I can't really. I mean, that'd be like saying Ghostbusters, you know. Well, because they're all fake. <laughs> yeah, but, or Fantastic Beasts or I mean, whatever. The actors, the actors in it were all fake. Yeah, yeah. The writing. All right. So... I think that, yeah, it was with, with Moana, we didn't, I think we put off seeing it because we, we probably were a little burnt out on uh, animated films. Well, I'm not a big fan of musicals. Mm-hmm. I, I keep forgetting for the life of me, I keep forgetting that when we go to a Disney animated film that it's probably going to be a musical. Right. I always forget that shit. I mean, just like when we went, remember when we went to Into the Woods? Yes. <laughs> and I, I knew Into the Woods was going to be a musical. <laughs> I, I I was fine with that because uh-huh. I was that's I was expecting that I knew Moana was going to be a, a musical yeah because again Disney but I I didn't we didn't have much choice at the end of the year and frankly I'm tired of the the uh, Oscar Blitz movies that yeah. come at the end of the year it didn't seem like there was really anything anyway this year yeah but you had Collateral Beauty and a couple of others Collateral which, Beauty's being fucking hammered yeah. I don't think it's getting nominated for shit so. So, um, yeah, I just, I think that the selection of movies from this last year, from 2016, is so lacking that Deadpool has a strong chance of being up for Best Picture. It's possible, but there's there's movies that I didn't even hear of that are being nominated yeah. for Best Picture. 
Yeah, it, they, I'm like, okay. They seem to do that a lot now um, with certain movies. You know, like there's a movie called The uh, The Room uh-huh. that came out a year ago, and then that one was up for a bunch of Oscars last year, and you know, it it was barely on the the radar. Right. And then all of a sudden, word season comes along, and everyone's like, oh, oh, we gotta or, watch The Room or Spotlight, which yeah. it, that actually, fuck, I forgot I was gonna. That was eventually gonna be one of my flicks of the weeks too. Right. The Spotlight won Best Picture for last for twenty the 2015 year, but it was the 2016 Oscars. And that's a good movie. I'll, I'll get into that one right. another time. But um, but still, it, it's not one you don't usually hear about most of these movies now. It's I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing because I'm glad that they're noticing that it doesn't have to be some big budgeted spectacle to be a best picture, you know, not um, a contender. But at the same time, it, it's not getting the quote unquote spotlight. Right. You know, and better films should be getting the spotlight. You know, and. That, that, I guess that's like the double-edged sword of, of entertainment. It's like there are better movies. There still are better movies around, but you can't. Most of the time, they don't know how to market them properly because it just doesn't pull all the audiences in. Like, say, you know, a, a, a Disney movie does, or or something else. You know, the bigger stuff. It it's kind of fucked up because you know one of our both favorite films from last year was uh, Hell or High Water. Uh-huh. That was you know barely anyone mentioned that movie. It was, I mean, they mentioned it for a second. But then it just disappeared. It didn't make a ton of money. Right. Like it should have. I mean, that movie should have made way more money than, say, Ghostbusters or anything. It's, right. But this is, we're talking about Moana. So. Yeah. So how did I get all the way, how did I go off into that tangent? Because <laughs> I didn't stop you. Fuck, man. I, I think it's because I haven't been behind, I was sick for a <laughs> week. <laughs> so I just let you go on and, because it, it actually will tie together. In terms of movies that we we avoided or we really wanted to see, that's what it was. Yeah. So what what comes what it comes down to is we avoided Moana. Yeah. And then my niece and nephew and my mother went and saw it, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Have you seen this movie?" I'm like, "No, I don't. I don't really want to see it." And they're yeah. like, "You should see the movie." I'm like, "Okay." You know what? And to be fully honest, um. I'm always reluctant to see Disney movies now. Disney animated films, you know. I'm so I'm talking about Pixar side. Disney, Disney. Yeah, just straight up Disney, because I'm always worried that they're most of the time I think that they're not going to have the same staying power as say Aladdin or Lion King or Little Mermaid, Ugh. or God forbid Beauty and the Beast, which I never really got into, but it's God still forbid. A, but it's still a beautiful movie. Um, you know, I, it seemed like that that that. that Late 80s and halfway through the 90s is when Disney was doing a lot of their most memorable animated films for that for those for a couple decades, you know, in that in that area. Um, and then they started doing shit like uh, Atlantis and blah blah blah. Hercules had its moments though, but and then Tarzan. But those ones, man, the ones that stick with you, those are ones like when if something reminds you, you know, you'd be just walking, I don't know, through a flea market and you see a lamp. All of a sudden, you start singing songs from Aladdin or something, right? Or, right. Or, or anything from Lion King. You know, it just anything you know reminds you. You start singing that shit. It, it, but most movies now, I don't recall. I don't recall anything from Frozen except Let It Go. And the only reason why I remember Let It Go is because everyone started fucking doing memes for it on Facebook. Or, um, uh, do you want to, you know, fuck a snowman or whatever? This because everyone kept posting shit about it. Otherwise, I wouldn't remember any of the songs from that. I don't remember any of the songs from Tangled. You know, I don't remember any of the songs from Bolt. None of that shit. It's not memorable. So, us going I mean, in... 
most, I mean, Tangled is memorable because it's very classic Disney in terms of uh, style. Oh, the style, the, yes. The, 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 char- the characters and whatnot yeah, and how they're created. I mean, the, the, created. the memorable music standpoint. Right. And and so, yeah, and so most of the time, I just don't see something's been, you know what, I'll give you an example. Here's Here's an example. These Disney these Disney songs now they're they're most of them are original don't get me wrong and and someone's putting work into making them but if I could do anything comparative I would do this if you remember back in the eighties when they did We Are the World not a great song but whoever wrote it took some time into it and and wrote, tried to write something quick so they could try to you know help make money for for Africa right right um, but still the effort was put into it and it's still a memorable song I don't give a fuck who you are if you were alive during that time you remember We Are the World okay. And and you always everyone has their favorite part where one of their favorite artists comes on and starts singing. Okay, so but then if you remember when um, Haiti had that you know had the earthquake a few what was it a decade ago or or around there right? Uh-huh. If you remember all these artists came about and they they tried to do a song that was like their own you know like an up to date we are the we world, are the world right? But they used like a, like a Marvin Gaye kind of thing like um, brother brother you know. Uh, anyway. No, I, it doesn't matter. All you could tell was they were ripping off of something else and there was nothing really good about it and it just felt like like modernized contemporary crap and no one no one sings it it never comes on the radio no one talks about it no one gives a shit about it it was in the moment and it was gone as quick as it came that's what I was worried about with with Disney cartoon songs now is that they don't have the staying power and it's just contemporary bubblegum bullshit so that's why I didn't really care but then Moana comes along I finally get to it, right? So Moana comes along. <laughs> See, as long as I can admit, then it's okay. Uh, and this movie has no song in it that sucks. No movie, no song sucks. No song is annoying. Well, one is a little bit annoying to me because it's just not really my style. Is the song "Shiny" that Jermaine Clement sings? You know, is that what was it, Tomatoa or whatever? The um, the giant crab. Okay. But it was still it was still cleverly written. You know what I mean? And it still fits with the character, and it still fits in the movie, so I'm okay with it. But the other songs, you know, like "Away, Away" and uh, "You're Welcome," those are songs that I can tell have some staying power. You know, that you can, you can, uh, if you hear that song come on again, you might actually find yourself humming it. You know, if it, you know, comes on down sometime, sometime down the road when you're watching, you know, on TV or or something comes on the radio or something, right? This this has some decent songs in it. Um, and you know what? Come to think of it, what if there's songs from from the past, like from you know, like say Little Mermaid or something that you weren't sure if you liked them at the fir- the first time you heard them, but then you hear them a couple more times, all of a sudden it's like it keeps popping in your head and then you feel it. You know what I mean? And it becomes it becomes nostalgic for you. So I could see some of the songs in this movie being that way as a musical, sort of. But again, no staying power. We'll see. I, we'll see over time. I don't hear anybody humming those songs. Well, I get, my stepdaughter keeps talking to me about her them playing their for their her her little brother. <laughs> They're always playing the soundtrack. And he's always singing it all the time and shit. But I don't know. But I I haven't heard anyone say anything negative about this movie. No, I, neither have I. And and it also, let's just, I mean, the movie's got way more positives than negatives. And the, uh, the main positive for me is the animation, of course. And I know, God, we. It seems like with all these Disney and Pixar movies, we're always coming back to that. But I mean, damn, they're not getting lazy with this shit. No, they're not phoning it in. You know, they're they're putting the the effort into this shit, man. And 
I, I find myself like just, I keep staring at the animation and I'm not analyzing it in a way like I'm trying to find flaws or anything. I'm, I'm analyzing it in a way that the detail of it, just like that one short that came out of, uh, or with Finding Dory where, you know, the little crab in the sand. Right. But the bird. one before that, the, the one I came lava. out with. Yeah. <laughs> lava. And, and it's, in it's, coming a little bit more clear to me what they're trying to do, even though I still think Lava was a test for Finding Dory, uh-huh. but it was also a test for Moana. Yeah. Because it's the story of two volcanoes that fall in love and turn into a beautiful paradise, yeah. right? Which is basically this story of mm-hmm. Moana. But <clears throat> if you look at both Finding Dory and Moana, they both, they have, they're, they're cousins in terms of... yeah. Uh, style in the animation that was used. Yeah. Obviously, you could see because John Lasseter is, that, yeah. Yeah, is responsible as the executive producer of both, you know, Pixar and Disney animation. Yeah, you know, he he's the one that's basically responsible for style and look. You know, and then you have well, you have the short that came out right before it, which was basically Inside Out. Yeah, the body, and that. There's a there was a rumor of a <coughs> excuse me of a Pixar movie coming out called uh, the Body. Okay. Um, and I think that became Inside Out, but they may still be working on it. Uh-huh. And my guess is that this animation, which we'll we'll see in two years, we'll see a movie like this in two years, because you have it looks like the same people that did Up. Yeah. Uh, very similar character to Carl from yeah. Up. And, you're talking about inner workings, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, inner workings. Yeah. I, that, I think that was the actual name of of the- uh, Yeah, the short. The, the short um, before Moana. No, no. I think that was the actual name of the, the, the Pixar movie that was supposed to come out. Body. Who cares about that? Body shaming. Sanjay's super team. I'm looking up Pixar- uh, Yeah, see, he looks just like Carl. Yeah. <laughs> Go take a bath, hippie. <laughs> Leo Matsuda. Yeah, uh, I thought for sure that there was... <coughs> Future. Look up. Anyways. <coughs> see, Piper. That was already out. But... um, I still haven't seen The Good Dinosaur. I did. How was it? Not bad. It's not as good as as uh, most, you know. It's not as good as Inside Out or Finding Dory, but it's it's not a bad movie. the uh, The concept is really interesting. So, anyways, all right. So we got Cars three, uh, Toy Story four, Incredibles two. So, anyways, <laughs> moving on. What is Coco? Moving on with the review of the movie. <laughs> you start looking up shit. It doesn't matter. All right. Yeah, God, I'm not. I'm not into that style. Just uh, don't worry about the. Let's get on with the movie review. Don't worry about the style. Well, that's why we never went and saw Book of the Dead, or whatever the fuck it was called. What was it called? The Book of Life. The day, yeah, the Day of Life or whatever. But just not into that style. Anyway, uh, Moana. I know. I, I I'm trying to figure out which tangent I'm going to go on to about this movie. Uh, of course, the animation looks great, but. I like the story. I, I think one of the first things that stood out to me with this movie, besides <laughs> the animation, 
was the story of the main character of Moana, which is the story is about her um, learning how to take control and to become a become a leader, right? And I love how I, I'm I'm liking how some movies lately are not when they have a, a strong female lead, they're not bogging her character down with a love story, and they don't do that with her in this movie at all. Like I, I thought that they were going to do something where partially through she's going to start having a crush on on um you know Maui's character uh-huh and she doesn't at all and she the whole movie she stands her ground with him and she's trying to get the the you know it's all about the mission right and i i'm like i like that because we've already seen the shitty love story you know uh what do you call it filler like with frozen and and stuff like that well, Tangled, hey, it works. But with Frozen, I, I can go. I can talk all day about my problems with that shit. But in this one, it, I like it where it has a female care, a female lead that can stand on her own, and she she needs help, but she doesn't need she doesn't need a love interest to help her get the job done. Does that make sense? Yep. Instead, she just has a stupid chicken. <laughs> and also, I love the fact that they had Hey Hey as her um, sidekick. Instead of the pig, right? Because in the trailers, it made it look like the pigs with her the whole time, and that felt to me like a cheap gimmick. And look, hey, hey, is a is a gimmick as well, but it's funnier than shit. That chicken, every time they show that stupid chicken, I'm laughing my ass off because of the stupid things that it's doing, right? <laughs> like I I even want to go out and buy a, a little stuffed animal of him, <laughs> just put him on my shelf, and every time I want to feel like like having a giggle, I'll just look over at it, right? Um. But yeah, the, Moana is. Um, I, I think I found only like <laughs> one part where I started to get a little bored, and I think that was after. Um, that was after the moment when Maui gets his uh, hook back after they fight, um, Tomatoa. Right. And then there, you know, he starts talking about his past a little bit, and then, uh, and then he ends up leaving her. That I got a little bored there, but otherwise, I love the whole. You know, I like the the family dynamic at the beginning. Of course, there's one thing that didn't make sense to me. Please explain this to me, if you could. I'll try. <coughs> okay. They live on an island surrounded by ocean water. Her father, Moana's father, does not want her near the ocean because of danger, right? Because of what happened with him and, and the history and all that stuff, right? Uh-huh. The curse. Okay. But you mean to tell me that from that time where the 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 wave tries to give her the the heart, the heart rock, to all the way until the movie kicks into present time where Moana's like sixteen now or whatever, and she's got to go off and do her thing. Oh, side thing, really? Uh, the reason why I sound like this: don't eat thirty chicken nuggets and then have coffee with it because it's not fucking working from Burger King. I'm just letting you know. All right. Hey, you want interesting? There you go. There's interesting for you. You're the one reading shit while I'm talking. Yeah, but yeah, but you, you don't need to. You don't need to talk about shit like that. Well, the reason why I sound like that, you don't sound like anything. You just I keep burping. Okay. Like you know. Mm, mm. All right. This is my personality. You love it, don't lie. Just move on. What was I talking about? All right. So the family dynamic where. The father keeps her, he's able to, how is he able to keep her from the ocean when they live on the fucking beach? They live right by the beach. 
and he's able to keep her away from the water from the time that the the the, the, the ocean first tries to give her the heart rock all the way up until the present time. Okay. That makes no sense to me. Because if the ocean had been trying to get that heart rock to her, well, okay, her grandma ended up getting it. But you know what I'm saying. It, it just... It's the, how do I explain this? It's really simple. <laughs> she's the she's going to be the next chieftain. Yeah, yeah. So I, she has other responsibilities. But they live on the beach. But she has other responsibilities. And you mean to tell me that... How can you keep someone away from the beach for like 13 years? She has other responsibilities that take up her time. Being the daughter of a chieftain in this series, in this in, in this movie, yes. means that her responsibility, she can't just walk away from it, even though she tries. So for 13 or 15 years or whatever, all she is is learning how to make clothes, harvest the land, grow, plant trees. Stack rocks on top of the fucking volcano. No, not stack rocks on top of the fucking volcano. That was at the end where he actually explained to her why they did this. You know, learn the land, learn learn the bounties, and in these 15 years, she's she has to learn how to lead the tribe. That's her job. So when... When, when when it comes right down to it, I mean, it's it's a lifelong thing, but you wanted an explanation, and that's the explanation. If you live next to a bar your whole life, eventually you're going to go into that bar. Not necessarily. One. I lived down by fucking Disneyland for almost 10 years. How many times did I go? I don't know. You're an asshole. So None. <laughs> that makes you an asshole. It doesn't make me an asshole. It makes me not want to go to Disneyland, not because of expense, but because I just don't have the time. Okay. I lived right next to fucking Universal Studios. How many times did I go to Universal Studios? Okay. How many times? I don't know. Zero. Once. I went once. Okay, good for you. But was that's not, that's not the point. But was Universal Studios or Disneyland calling to you? It doesn't matter. All if the it, time. Was it calling it, to your heart? It doesn't matter if it was. I know people that even if it was calling, they never went. It, people admitted that. That those places were calling to them, like it was a part of them, do, but they never Do went. you want to go to Six Flags? Does it call to you? No. Okay. So I'm not going to go. What is the one thing that does call to you that you've never done? Uh, 20 lesbian orgy. <laughs> Be realistic. Uh, New Zealand. Ever since I saw Lord of the Rings. Be, real, be realistic. Ireland. Be realistic. That's not immediate and it's not right next door. You can't just jump on a fucking plane and go to goddamn New Zealand because you don't have the money. World Trade Center site. Again, be realistic. You can't just walk down to the World Trade Center site. We live in Sacramento, dude. There's nothing around here that that calls to me. There's tons of shit. You could go to Tahoe. You go to Reno. You could go to fucking... With who? You can go to Vegas. I no friends. There's no one to fucking do anything I'm with. I'm just telling you. I'm in a shell. But you just talked about going to New Zealand or going to Ireland or going to World Trade Center, and then when I bring up all these other things, I got no friends. Yeah. No one wants to do that stuff. No one to share that with. Right? So so what? Who then who gives a fuck about what you want to do in New Zealand or Ireland or the World Trade Center? Nothing's really calling to me. So. But Moana, that's the fucking, that, that, that's it. Moana has the ocean calling to her. It doesn't matter. And she's right next to it. She's She's on the cusp. Joining with no, the ocean. No, she's not. And she and her father's able to keep her from it. Because she long. has other responsibilities. But it's still calling to her. Does it matter? <laughs> How does it not matter? 
it, it doesn't matter whether it's calling to you. When you have other responsibilities, people that are married, and they use this ex- fucking excuse all the time. So for those of you that are married and have kids, I'm going to annoy you. But they use this excuse all the time. I have kids. I have responsibility to my family. Okay. So then why don't you why don't you work around that responsibility to your kids and family if you want to do something so bad with your life? See what I'm saying? You want to do something so bad with your life. It's your quote unquote calling. Then maybe you should make forth the effort to do that. However, she tries to make forth the effort to do that. She can't because her dad is keeping her from doing that. And her dad is with her 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So it's not like she can just escape. And then also, though, there's the rebellious spirit. It has nothing to do with the rebellious spirit. And Yo, wait a second. If you tell a fucking teenager they can't do something enough times, oh, they're going to do it. Right. They're going to do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't know about that. See? So, she never once, never once ran up to the fucking ocean after that event. That's not true. She ran up to the ocean all, tons of times. She well, just dad, didn't go into the ocean. Her dad said no. And that's what I'm trying to get at. Her dad said no. So what? I just find it kind of bullshit. You live right by the fucking ocean, and you can't go in the goddamn ocean. You live right by Disneyland. You no, don't no, go no, to no. Disneyland. You have to get in a car. You have to make plans. You have to drive. You You're have to right. Have to you live right blah, 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 by blah. Disneyland. You don't go to Disneyland. The you ocean. live right by Universal Studios. You don't go. I, I live next to the ocean. I lived in fucking L.A. I lived 10 miles from the fucking ocean. Did I go? She doesn't. She lives right next. It to doesn't us. matter. Did I go? She can walk over and tip her toe. And any Did I go? You're not Moana. It doesn't matter. That's you're her not life. listening. Her life is the island. It, so what? There isn't cars. No, her life isn't the island. There her life is her people and and, and, a, and an office to go work at. I'm right done. I'm done. I'm done arguing. You keep shooting down everything I said about the, I'm, the because ocean. you're not listening. You don't want to listen to what I have to say. You just want to keep talking about. This and this and this, and she lives right next to the ocean. She can go right down the ocean. She could, she could do this. She's right there. She's not, you know, she's just a teenager. Um, I can't. You don't want to listen. You don't want to listen to the other side of the argument. And the, and the truth of the argument is, is that it doesn't matter how close you are. If you have responsibility to other people, your responsibility is to other people. Regardless of what your destiny or your heart's calling or any other other fucking call to action or call to adventure, the truth of the matter is is that she has a fucking responsibility to her people and to learn how to be the chieftain of the tribe. Okay. That's it. Okay. So she can't do this. She can't do that. And, and that's that. But her grandmother is the one that's instilling this sense of rebellion. If her grandmother wasn't around. Fuck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you stop playing with it, then... Nah, it's cheap shit. All right. Go ahead. Grandmother. I fucking despise people like you that do shit like that. What? You you have to play with the fucking... The 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 clicky thing. The the, the pen where... where you, You're the type of person that would... would you know those uh, big pens? Mm-hmm. You're the type of person that would take that piece and fucking twist it off. That piece. You're the type of person that would do that. Okay. You would you you would twist it off, and that shit annoys me. You know why? Why? Because it's fucking destructive, and you do it to other people's property. This is my pen. I know. World's greatest dad. 
world's worst pen, apparently. Oh, well, yeah. We, but we again, you're, you're one of those people that has to fucking pick at that shit until it breaks. And then you're like, oh, it broke. It's, it's a cheap piece of shit. No, it's not a cheap piece of shit. You picked at it, and you picked at it, and you picked at it until it broke. And then you try to fix it, but you can't fix it. Sure, Mike. Yeah. And you do the same thing. You People like you do the same thing with the, with the fucking big pens where they you, you fucking bite the end off of that goddamn thing. You put it in your mouth. I got to chew on it. I got to take this thing, and I've got to do this, and I've got to bend it back and forth, back and forth, and back and forth till it breaks. There's a couch right there. I want you to lay, get get comfortable, and then we're gonna talk about your little weirdness about things. There, it's not, it's not me that also has this weirdness. It's, it's just, it's, it's not OCD. It's fucking destructive. Like if you give people fucking pens, and then they fucking take those pens and destroy them by biting on them or bending them in half or whatever. Can't trust people. But we're that's besides the point. And I got off on a tangent about you destroying shit. I don't appreciate you using me as you. As a scapegoat for your peeves. I'm not. You're not a scapegoat. It's just a peeve. I said people like you. God damn it! You broke it. You broke it because you fucking you bent the fucking metal, and then there's little clips. It's got like little fold clips on it, and when you pulled it out of the pen, it bent the shit out of those clips. It just wiggled. God damn it! All right. And now you don't have a place to. Clip your pen anymore? Nope. It's over. It's game over, man. Anyways. All right. So I've been talking enough about this fucking movie. You say something about this movie. You I like. tried. Like, no, you said she can't go to the beach, and that's the final fucking word. No, she can't go to the beach because she has a responsibility to her fucking f- to her people mm-hmm. to learn to be a princess or mm-hmm. whatever she is. She's not a ch- princess. She's the chieftain, co-chieftain. Yeah, but. As far as as far as the beginning of the story, I mean, it lacked. There's obviously problems. I mean, why her father had all these issues when he came over on these boats, you know, that would go across the ocean to find and populate. And what bothers me is that they would go. Here's my issue with the whole movie, which is consumerism. Uh-huh. Okay, the underlying content is they went to every island. And then they would consume the entire island, right? All the resources, and then they would move on to the next island. Like locusts. Yeah. Unlike, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, if, if what about the others? Would the others just stay on the island, or would they get on the back on the boats too and, and find new people, find new lands? Or would they just go from island to island, destroying its, you know, its... its I don't know. I didn't even natural notice. beauty or whatever you want to call it. Hmm. That's the one thing that that bugged me about the movie. Okay. All right. So, but other than that, I mean, Jesus, the animation was incredible. Um, the when the when when the sea parted and she was walking as a little girl, yeah. you know, and she's walking into the ocean and the ocean, you know, twists her hair up and everything else. That was the other part that I really liked is the way that they can do hair now. Yeah. <laughs> and then. It it would continually drop her off. The wet look when they would push them into the water or they'd jump into the ocean or whatever else like that. Yeah. And the way that they would be p- put back onto the land. It's still cartoony because, again, with cartoons, it's very difficult to show water. Mm-hmm. So you would, you would mimic the, okay, they're wet, then they would somehow get dry, and then they're back to normal, like clothes and whatever else. Yeah. In this one, 
fabric would get wet and it would kind of stay wet, you know, and then because we're not going continuously from one scene to the next, it would cut, you know, to maybe an hour or two later where the fabric would be drier or the sails on the ships, you know, she took out this one. She found a ship that matched the stone marking, the heart of the the heart of the heart rock, the heart rock, the heart stone. Give me your heart light. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So (laughs) when, when all of that was done, when I mean, it got down to the the, the these uh, the the coconut people, okay? <laughs> yeah. Whatever they're called, the Kakamura or whatever they are. I think it was the uh, Kakamura. Yeah. yeah. When you have a character that these these Kakamuras or or whatever they're called, they're Polynesian myths. Yeah. And they can range anywhere from a few inches to about five feet high, and they're they're. They're like goblins. Mm-hmm. The, that's the best way to do it. But in in this sense, these Kakamura are all like dressed in coconut shells. Yeah, you know they have the eyes all cut out and everything else, and and they have these gigantic land based ships where they lived on, right? And then they could split apart and come back together, kind of like transformer Lego things. Yeah, you know, and but that's not what I'm going. What I'm what I'm trying to get at is. Of all, all the damn things that they have going on, the Kakamura characters with the coconuts on them, where they have the the coconut hair kind of, and every one of them was different. Yeah. When you can do something like that for the just the coconuts and the hair, and they're jumping around and it's and it's moving and all this other stuff, that type of advancement just in animation tells me that Disney Disney is beyond everybody else. I mean, yeah. they're, they're, they own ILM and they own this and that and the other thing. So their research and development team, ILM research and development, Pixar research and development, which are all under one baron now, is so far ahead of everybody when it comes to doing this animation process that it's, it's, a, it's no wonder that when you see this versus a DreamWorks movie, yeah. Or versus whoever else that's out there. Uh, you it's a hundred times you got better. Illumination. Yeah. Illumination. You got. You got. Uh, what was it? <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> uh, Fox does Ice Age, but I don't know which part. Sony. Of it. You have Sony, Imageworks. You got those ones that do Kubo. Pixar, Walt Disney, DreamWorks. Even I mean I, ILM is considered, but you have Studio Ghibli, which I don't consider. Frame Store, Cartoon Network Studios, Blue Sky Studios, uh, Frame Store, which uh, does uh, they they've done Guardians of the Galaxy, the Harry Potter films, Age of Ultron, um, Cartoon Network Studios, whatever you, uh, Blue Sky, um, at, uh, Blue Sky's done Ice Age, Rio, Rio Two, Doctor Seuss, Horton Hears a Who, Weta Digital. Um, I don't consider them a quote-unquote animation studio. They have to do animated movies, meaning like Studio Ghibli or Pixar or, or Disney. Yeah. You know. Um, of course, a lot of Avatar was, was Nickelodeon. Animated. Warner Brothers. Well, again, it doesn't count. It's not an animation movie. It's They, they, they used live actors. And mocap, yeah. And mocap. I'm talking, you know, Lego Space Movie or Iron Giant, things like that. 
Sunrise was in Japan, motion picture company. Uh, again, Toei Animation, which does Sailor Moon and One Piece. Um, oh, uh, I guess this is the visual effects company, Double Negative, that did the Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows thing. Um, Method Studios, oh, well, Sony Picture Image Works, um, Image Engine, I guess. Nippon Animation, Illumination, McGuff. They did Minions, Toon City, which does Aladdin, the animated series, Hercules, Kim Possible, Gravity Falls, things like that. <clears throat> all of these studios, I mean, there's a ton of them, but all of digital domain doesn't exist anymore. All of these studios are just there. They, 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 they pick up all the stuff that everyone else doesn't want. Yeah. You know, and when you have, when you have the, when you have the best going through and making sure that movies like Moana, I mean, they could have look, they could have phoned it in, you know, they didn't need to go in and Pixar it up. Yeah. They could have just Disneyed it, but bolted it. I mean, the fucking water effects were incredible, you know? Yeah. And, and they kind of did bolt it. You know, I, I like that they kept the characters basic. Yeah. You know, you didn't need a lot of over rendering of these characters to make them look good. They the characters were just there. They're they're there to drive the story, you know, and the story was good enough that it, it was an entertaining film. Yeah. But what puts it over the top for me is the animation. And, you know, like when they're crawling they have to climb the rock to get to the crab, you know. Yeah. Whatever his name is. Yeah, Tomatoa. Yeah. When they have to get to Tomatoa's ca- cave, right? They have mm. to go to the underworld. <laughs> and then when he when when he basically turns off all the lights, you know? Yeah. And he's glowing and, and he's and he's doing the song, Jermaine Clement. Yeah, shiny. Yeah. Um and everything about that is I, I was so impressed. It made me appreciate the art form even more mm. you know it, it it actually it got me um super excited about what disney will be able to do in the future especially oh, with incredibles they're, they're 2 and all re, this other stuff you know create the next mars landing sure for the government <laughs> and none shall be the wiser right <laughs> that's for tinfoil hats though. you know that they've actually they can they they can use a laser and point to the flag and the lunar lander that's on the moon. Yeah. Right? They've done it. I, I, I'm just being a smart ass. I know. But for all of those people that don't believe that it, that they actually did it, mm-hmm. they've done tests where they've taken lasers and pointed it at the moon uh-huh. to see how far it is. So they, they, they have a spot on the moon uh-huh. where they, um, these scientists we're trying to triangulate things mm. and and actually see if if the moon landing was a hoax that was actually part of it okay so they they use their the, the telescope to find the flag and they're like okay well the flag is there we 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 know that the coordinates are where these pieces are yeah <laughs> so we're going to point our our telescope at these coordinates and we see a shadow so the flag is still there we can we can tell that there's something there. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they took the laser and then they pointed it right at those coordinates, 
and then they were able to, with, through triangulation with the laser and touching the metal, they could tell that they were touching metal because it actually glinted, uh-huh. that those objects are on the moon. Yeah. So they've already dispelled the hoax that whatever. I believe that they made the film just in case. Just in case. Yeah. Something else went wrong and that they couldn't get the film back. Yeah, that movie that I, I think I did a, a I did a flick of the week um, for, it had a Rupert Grint and uh, Ron Perlman in it. Right. And it was about them trying to hire Stanley Kubrick to to make the lunar uh-huh. movie in case they couldn't make it to the in case the mission failed. Right. And so they're they they couldn't get Stan or they couldn't they did they have Stanley Kubrick? Like, they had some knockoff guy or some shit. Anyway, it was They tried to get him but um they ended up he ended up saying no and then he finally did it. Yeah. So they filmed it but then the the the, the lunar mission was a success so they didn't have to. Right. But yeah, I love watching um, footage of uh, the real footage of like when they do the the feather and the um, what was it the the feather and the weight test. Yep. And they both drop at the exact same speed. And yeah, in a perfect situation in a vacuum. Yeah, because there's no air to get in the way of the feather. <coughs> right. Blah blah blah. Yeah, that was cool. So, I <laughs> things like that make me um, kind of pisses me off because there are some true conspiracy theories out there, and things like that are just a waste of time. You know, oh, we didn't really get the fuck out of here. All right, you could see you could see rafters. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure you can. Whatever. All right. So, uh, I loved uh, Dwayne Johnson as uh, Maui in this one. Uh, he was very, uh, as always, energetic. You know, he was the anti character as as he was in San Andreas. Right. He was this time. You know, he's he's full of life. He's very funny. He's and he's very full of himself. My one thing, though, is even though he's a demigod, so he could survive for a thousand years on that island uh-huh. that he was marooned on or exiled on, whatever you want to call it. Um, in a thousand years, he still couldn't figure out a way to make any kind of escape, like a raft or something, or or on the backs of two sea, sea turtles. No, see, it's kind of underwritten, but um, nobody came to look for him. Uh-huh. Okay like the chosen one has to be there. Yeah. And the sea diverted anything. So he couldn't get off the island uh-huh. without being deposited back onto the island. Okay. Because the sea wouldn't allow him to leave the island without yeah. a special purpose. Okay. And that special purpose was he, he, in order for him to leave, he has to take the heart and return it to yeah. where he stole it from. So it just sounds kind of fucked up, though, that he has to wait for a thousand years on this island while people keep dying left and right and when they go out into the ocean because of uh, the curse, right? The, right. You know, of, uh, what was it, uh, Taka, right? Yes. Taka was the name of the volcano, the evil fire yeah, monster. Yeah, there's Taka and then there's Tafiti. Yeah, Tafiti And was both the, of them are the same person. Yeah. Do you think there was a, a little hidden meaning about that, that, like the violent one, the violent evil one that was the man? And then the female version of it is all peaceful and love and growth and no, they were all fe- they were both female. Uh, they said that because when they referred to Taka, they always said he. You're right, but Taka is not he. But Taka Taf- is she. But Tafiti, the the island, was a female. Right, they're both the same person. I know they're the same person, but they kept referring to Taka as a he though when he was in volcano form. Right. So what I'm saying is, you think because they didn't know. I was just wondering if they. It's possible, but you know, again. They they refer to it as he, yeah. thinking that 
because it's violent tendencies, blah, 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 I would assume. But it's a female. Yeah. Taka is a female, not a, not a male. Yeah, and the um, the whole um, sequence where, uh, where she has to go and she has to confront Taka herself because uh, Maui runs off. He's like, I don't want to deal with this shit, right? Uh-huh. And then he comes back and does this Han Solo thing, right? He <laughs> comes out of nowhere to help. Right. And uh, uh, the, the the animation sequence on it, I mean, the whole thing was awesome. And I, you know, it was kind of predictable. I, I kind of had a feeling that something like how it turned out was how it was going to turn out. I mean, I think one of the problems with movies like this is that I don't feel the danger. You know what I mean? You know that it's always going to turn out okay. Right. Maybe, maybe one person might die. The grandma died. And I'll tell you what, when the grandmother died at the beginning, that was really cool how they did it. They didn't show her die. Just the light went out of the hut, and then the spirit spread through into the ocean uh-huh. and became the manta ray. Yes. That was really cool how they did that. They didn't have to say anything. That's what was awesome about it. They didn't say shit about her dying. You just knew. And that was cool about it. It didn't have to cater to us. It just was, boom, there you go. Um, but, yeah, I liked the, um, the grandma, too. Uh, she was played by... Um, Rachel House, who she's a New Zealand actress. She's uh, she's just been in mostly you know New Zealand made films. Right. Um, but I, I I loved her you know full of life, full of spirit character. Wreck it, Rhino. What the fuck? <laughs> Someone made a what pun filled uh, no spoofs of those books or movies. All right. So um, I believe that I gave Moana a um a seven point five out of ten. Really? Because yeah, it. I mean it's like a three star movie, it, it, three out of four. You know, it's it's it it was good. It was better than I thought it would be. I was entertained for almost the entire film, except for one slow slow kind of boring part. Um, the message the message that it delivers is is fairly strong. It you know it's it was good. I I, I liked it better than Frozen. I'll tell you that. Oh, this is from this is from um, Zootopia. Oh, okay. Oh, were they like magazines on the shelves? No, they're movies. Or movies on the, um, at the like the video store or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So Giraffic is actually gigantic, which is their new movie coming out in oh. 2018. So oh. They have floats in or frozen. Moana. <laughs> Pig Hero Six. That's funny. <laughs> Wrangled. Yeah, Wrangled Wreck It Rhino. I'm gonna wreck it. So. So um yeah and then uh, I give this movie an eight actually. Okay. Good. <laughs> um, I thought it was really, really amazing in terms of the um, extra rays included. That's now, you didn't like the inner workings very much. No, I love that. Oh, I, I really liked it. Oh, because when I looked over it, you were like, you were like this. You did like that. Um, I forgot. I forgot why I did that. There was a... There was a couple of scenes in it that I thought was eh. Okay, but when it was all said and done, it was really good. Yeah, I, I do. I love the. I, I'm really big on '80s stuff right now because a lot of people are using like synthesizer sounds uh-huh. for like Stranger Things and stuff like that. And they did that in this in inner workings for the music, and I love that. I love the synthesizers. Sound. Right. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I it was fucking fun, and um, I kind of like the how it was. <laughs> I kind of like the message that that also gave where it was like, 
you know, it's easy for something to tell you that you need to quit everything conforming that you're doing and then just go and do whatever it is you want, right? Right. That's the, that's the easy thing to say. But yeah, you still have responsibility. So in inner workings, what it did was it showed that he can take some time to go enjoy life that he's been missing out on his whole life, but he can still work. Right. He just has to change his perspective on things and, and the way he does things. Yeah, you need, you need that time. Yeah. And you need your zen. And that makes more sense. And it's more realistic that way. Right. And that's what I liked about inner workings. So. Yeah. Very, very good. And it was, it, it was based on based on characters that look like, you know, from up. They look like up and inside out. Yes. Yeah. So and I'm, I'm, I inside thought out. for sure that they were doing, <laughs> when I was reading about the good dinosaur and about upcoming Disney projects, yeah. inner workings was another one that they were working on, but I thought it was called The Body. Okay. And maybe I think the body is inside out, what what it turned out to be inside out. Yeah. Um, but there was a movie that was there that was supposed to be kind of like Osmosis Jones. Yeah. Where it talks about, and then the body, the inner workings of the body. All right. Like that. So, and I'm wondering if that was, like I said before, um, an offshoot of what they were working on or something that they're working on for the future. Okay. So, but e- anytime that you see... A Disney movie, and I think Pixar does shorts as well. Anytime you see a short in front of a Disney animated movie or a Pixar movie, within two years, you'll you will see the outcome of those pieces of animation. Yeah, because those are test beds. That's R and D. Yeah. So, um, like the 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 Piper one, right? Yeah. That will be a movie, and it may be Finding Dory 3. We don't know. But when Piper came out, which is this year, right? Yeah. When Piper came out. So in 2018, when we see Gigantic or when we see whatever other uh, Disney Pixar movie that's out there. Yeah. Jesus Christ, it's still fucking raining. Yeah, dude. You should have seen uh, Your Creek. Yeah. Oh, oh I know. It was flooding some parts. Yep. So, yeah, in two in two to three years... Those those um those shorts will be full on movies. So, but I'm I'm again, I'm not a big fan of hyper realistic or realistic. I don't want to see realistic realism in my animation. Yeah, I don't even want to see realistic realism realistic in most of my video games. There are a few exceptions, obviously, the Star Wars stuff, X Wing, like the X Wing VR stuff. Yeah, God damn, that looks so good. <laughs> um. Because I I don't want the I a blend between reality and and games or non reality yeah it there should be a fine line I do not I I'm just one of those guys that believes that if you're going to make a, a real a character that's realistic but animated you know like Avatar or whatever yeah I it doesn't it does nothing for me no no because you might as well just be filming them doing their things, you know? Take the character, take the person, and film them doing whatever. Yeah. Because what you're trying to do is make photorealistic humans, but you have the human right there. Yeah. So it doesn't make any sense to me, you know? I mean, if if you're going to do photorealistic humans like they did with Rogue One, with Tarkin, or with uh, Carrie Fisher, yeah, you know? Or if you want to bring back people that are long gone, yeah, you know Charlie Chaplin or John Wayne or whoever, yeah. If you're gonna do that, I can understand them doing that, right? 
but to take people that are still alive, you know. I'll tell you what, though. There's some cool shit that I've seen them do, though, also um, with Anthony Hopkins on uh, Westworld when they did flashbacks um, to like 40 years before. Right. And they showed him younger. So you saw him around the time when he um, was in uh, uh, The Elephant Man or whatever it was. Uh And it was like, fuck, dude. I mean, the animation was so good on it that it it really looked like... like, That that stuff I'm okay with. You know, flashbacks and and things like that. I'm I'm just... The hyper-realistic, I I don't need it. You know, it's not... That's not something I care about. Yeah. You know what? There was uh, one of the the, mo- the motion captures that, that has still stood up over time is Gollum. Um, when you watch uh, uh, the Two Towers or, or Return of the King, uh-huh. I mean, there's still so, there's a couple th- parts where you can see the animation isn't as good as it, as it is in other parts. But there's parts like during daylight, like the part where um, Gollum grabs the 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 um, the rabbit and he tries to give it to Frodo and Sam. Right. And he says, "Utham, utham," right, and and he and the sunlight's on him and. Dude, it still to this day looks real. Like it's just fucking amazing. Right. And I just watched it, so I'm always analyzing that shit. I wish I didn't do that, but I do. Um, Overanalyzing. <laughs> That's what we do. I know. We review movies. So yeah, but I think that there's times where they they put the effort in, and it and it, it, te- it stands the test of time. Yep. You know, just like the T Rex in, in Jurassic Park. You know, they, they they knew how to do it right with the CG. They knew to have rain. Well, it wasn't just CG. They did I know they CG animatronics. And animatronics. That's what I mean. They knew what, and large scale puppets. Yeah, they knew what to do when and where, and it was just great. That's 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 intelligent filmmaking. Yep. All right. So on to flicks of the week. Um, mine is a 2016 film uh, called Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, starring Tina Fey. Um, this is based off of a book. By uh, a journalist whose uh, her name was Kim Baker, or she's still alive and was, um, and she wrote a book about her experiences um, in Afghanistan and Pakistan um, as a, as a war correspondent um, back in the uh, mid two thousands. Right, and she was there a lot longer than she had planned on it. Um, it so the movie s- starts off in two thousand six, and it shows Tina Fey. You know she's. She's in Afghanistan, and she's having a late night party with all of her other fellow war correspondents and and all their their assistants and everything, and and all the you know the Blackwater soldiers that are there to guard them and blah blah blah. And all of a sudden, there's like bombs that go off, and she goes to report on it, and and she see all the shit she's going through, and then it goes, and then it's, it fades to black, and it goes three years later, and it shows the whole movie is about. You know what I like about this movie. Is that and we almost saw it in theater, but there was something else that that came out that we wanted to see more, so we didn't see this. Yeah, I think Whiskey Tango Foxtrot came out. It was it came out in March of the of this year of last year, twenty sixteen. Um, like Deadpool. <coughs> well, Deadpool was February, but yeah, it was something. And so we we almost saw it, but we didn't. And I, you know what? It would have. I think we would have both liked it. This movie, to me, if I could if I could put a finger on comparing it to anything that I've seen. It reminded me of Three Kings, but from a different perspective. Do you remember Three Kings with uh, Mark Wahlberg and George Clooney and Ice Cube? Uh-huh. Um, it's like that, but say, instead of it doing it from the soldier's perspective, about like, why the fuck are we here? Or like in Jarhead? Ten Cloverfield Lane, Pee-wee's Big Holiday, The Brothers Grimsby, which we didn't see, and Batman Superman. Those were came out in March. Yeah, it was probably, um, I would say it's probably Zootopia or... Yeah, it was one, one of these two. Yeah, 
So, um, sorry about that. That's no, right. And, um, but yeah, it, it, the movie is like Jarhead and Three it's Kings, good. but done from the uh, war correspondent's perspective instead of the soldier's perspective. Okay. And I, the reason why I like that the movie's called What the Fuck is because when you get through the entire film and you see all the shit she went through just to get a story and, and the bullshit she has to, all the politics of dealing with, you know, people back in the States and, and, and then the, the soldiers and the, and the um, military officers in, in over there in Afghanistan and then also her bosses and everything like that. Um, all the shit she had to go through. And then when you get to the end of it, you're like, what was the point of any of it? Like just to get a story here and there, right. you know, and, and, but that I think that was the point is to kind of show the, how everyone's just over there doing their own thing. And that there's not a whole lot of coordination. It's just, it's almost like it's almost like coordinated chaos. That makes sense. And so the soldiers are over there having to do their one thing. Um, you know, you have uh, war correspondents from all over the world, and it's funny because you'll have ones that are um, f- who are from Australia, uh-huh. but then come to find out that a lot of people pretend to be Australian because it's cool for the moment. So they're actually English or or Canadian pretending to be Australian. Um, and Margot Robbie's in it. You know, uh, fucking Harley Quinn. Um, hot as ever. Uh, she plays another fellow war correspondent, and they have oh, they have the um, the Afghani rules. Um, fuck, I can't remember the exact term, but um, a, a woman who's like a four in the United States, when they come to Afghanistan, they're like a nine or a ten because how they look compared to the other women. Right. Because you know all the other women are always covered up or whatever, right? In burkas and shit. And so, um, there's just a lot of just downtime. Almost like a lot of the movies, just downtime, like hanging out, um, trying to make contacts, um, hearing other people's stories from what they've been through, um, drinking, smoking, having sex. Uh, it just it, it is fuck it. it look it like it looks boring. It looks boring as shit, right? And but the movie's funny. It's very funny. Tina Fey's character, her reactions to things, very funny. Uh, Martin Freeman's in it. Who you know, uh, he's b- the new Bilbo. Um, he plays a photojournalist, a Scottish photojournalist. He's funny in it. He's one of those guys that can't take no for an answer, but he's right. not a rapist. He just keeps pushing and pushing until he gets what he wants. Um, uh, Alfred Molina's in it. He plays the uh, attorney general for for the Afghani people, and he's a huge hypocrite who you know acts like oh he's he's Muslim and he goes by sh- Sharia law and all this other bullshit. And <laughs> but yet when when no one's paying attention, he's always hitting on Tina Fey's character trying to get her to have sex with him and stuff. And she uses that to get, you know, information about, you know, interviewing other people and stuff like that. So she can get a story and, and, uh, everyone in this movie is good. Um, she also has to deal with a general in this movie played by Billy Bob Thornton. And he, he's always pessimistic about everything. He's never gets excited about anything. He's, he's just like, he doesn't even want to be bothered. And it's, it's a good character to see him in. Um, but the one thing I, I, I did not like was that the movie doesn't follow very many characters other than Tina Fey's character. It's all from her perspective. And so when there are some characters that do show up here and there that are interesting and you get to know them for a little bit, all of a sudden they don't show up anymore. Like Thornton's character. When they, when they stop showing him, they stop showing him. You don't even hear about him ever again. Um, and you see him about four or five times in the entire film. Um, Margot Robbie's, you know, when the last time they show her, you think you're going to see her again and then you never see her again. And, Right, you know, so 
<laughs> you can't really connect to many of the characters in the movie. There is one character though that I did connect to. Um, his name was uh, what the fuck was his name? His name was uh, Fahim, played by an American actor named Christopher Abbott, who is not Middle Eastern at all, but they had him playing an Afghani character um, named Fahim, and he was um, called a fixer. He's a person that who, who escorts. Tina Fey's character around where she goes in Afghanistan and stuff like that to protect her. Right. And um, there's a lot of dialogue between him and Tina Fey's character. And what was really great about his character was you could tell that he really cared about her, but he has laws, you know, and he's married or he's going to get married and, and he's got, you know, he's going to have kids. And, and so he has faith in his, you know, religion and, and he doesn't cheat on his wife, but you could still tell that he cares about Tina Fey. So every time she's about to make a stupid decision, he's always there to try to stop her. From doing something dumb and you know eventually gets to a point where he can't he's tired of seeing her put herself in harm's way to get a story and he finally has to walk step back for a while because he's tired of you know you know losing it but there's these moments between them sometimes where there's not even words any said between them just looks and you can totally feel their characters um concern for each other right and that that, that really worked for me in this movie uh, and i wish there could have been more of that with other characters but all in all um whiskey tango foxtrot is it's an entertaining film. It's worth seeing. Um, it's on Hulu right now for free. And yeah, I would check it out. I, it's got good good sense of humor. Okay. All right. Oh, it's also got a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. Very nice. Mine is Mystery Men. <laughs> Before Spider-Man came out. Yeah, you know, look. <coughs> was this, this is, a comic book? Was this a comic book before it was a movie? Yeah, you just read that. No, I didn't. I, I loosely was, based on. I was looking at the poster. Bob Burton's Flaming Carrot comics. Okay. Um, it stars Hank Azaria, Claire Forlani, Janine Garofalo, Eddie Izzard, Greg Kinnear, William H Macy, Kel Mitchell, Lena Olin, Paul Rubens, Jeffrey Rush. I mean, it just goes on. Ben Stiller, yeah. Wes Studi, and Tom Waits. <laughs> Although I'm not a fan, I am not a fan of Janine Garofalo. Not and, a lot of people are. You know what? And that's funny because I've always had a crush on her. I don't, I don't know, why. know why. I don't know why, but I've always had a, dr- a crush on Janine Garofalo. She's just, she's an awful person, dude. <laughs> I understand. She's a huge, she's a turd. <laughs> nobody, nobody likes her. And yet because, she's been in so many things. You know, I mean, she's friends with, you know, Ben Stiller and, and whatnot, but where have you seen her lately? No. Right, you haven't seen her in a movie since... No, 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 I, I'm just... Look, you have people that you've liked for a long time, and for some reason, which I, it's hard for me to explain, I've always had some kind of an attraction to Janine Graffalo. I don't know why. Uh, it just seems... To me, it seems like she just tries way too hard. Uh, yeah, she's in a few things, but she works consistently, so... Mm. She was in Ratatouille. Was she? <laughs> yep. Oh, huh. Okay. There's something about Mystery Men that is, it's like um, comfort food. Okay. It's, it's definitely offbeat. Uh, yeah. Look, you have Paul Rubens and William H. Macy in it, and I think that's, there are three people in this movie that I genuinely enjoy seeing acting. Hank Azaria is the other one. Um, I hate his character, though. Oh, his character is a fucking jerk. I hate that stupid accent. This is the fucking spoons, and I just want to punch him in his face with a stupid turban. And And then you have fucking Eddie Izzard in it, who is amazing. Uh huh. Does Um, he play a villain? Yeah. Yeah. And the whole movie, in and of itself, is just 
fun. Yeah. You know, whether you like it or not, it didn't do that great at the box office. There's a lot of problems with it and stupid anti-gun stance and whatever else. But here's what it comes down to. It's a movie about lesser superheroes. Yeah. You know, these, it's like one punch man, you know, it's, it's the, the, the B and C grade superheroes that nobody cares about, or they're just getting their powers or just learning about them. Yeah. You know? And you have, and they come up with their stupid nicknames. I'm the Shoveler, you know, which is William H Macy's character, or you know, Kel Kel Mitchell, who plays an invisible man, but nobody can look at him. Yeah, you know, you're not not even himself. <laughs> He's only invisible when no one's looking at him. Right, you know. So that only works for cameras. <laughs> yeah, and you know, Paul Rubens, who plays the spleen, you know, who can basically fart and knock you out. Yeah, his character is very disgusting. Yeah, his but. It's funny. Yeah. You know, and his and that character is right up there with his bad guy character from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. You know, where he's kicking the wall. Kill him a lot. Ow, ow. Ah. Dicka, 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 you know. I'm dying. This is like a like a like a tick spin off. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean when you have a ca- character called Casanova Frankenstein, <laughs> which is probably one of the greatest character names ever. That is a great name. You know, and it's played by Jeffrey Rush. I love Jeffrey Rush. You know, and There's- then you have that fucking twist, and this is a super twist uh-huh. where the fucking the 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 hero. Yeah, they the the superhero, you know, dies. Which they do. They did that in Megamind with Brad Pitt's character. Right, but he didn't die. But they, he made, but he faked it. You know right. what I mean? I never liked Megamind. I can't stand that it, animation it has style. A, it had its moments. Um, you have, you know, Spider. Yeah, everything about this movie is is really fun. Mm-hmm. You know, even Janine Garofalo's character who has oh, the a bowling, bowling ball. ball. Yeah, with the that's infused with the spirit of her dead father. He's like Ghost Rider in a ball. Yeah, you know, um. I don't want to make the, we we've already talked enough about movies and whatever else. Look, uh the budget was 68 million, it only made 33 million. <laughs> they say it was a bomb. It wasn't a bomb, it just it was a box office disappointment. There's a lot of things that this movie did right, and there's a lot of things that this movie did wrong. I think it's because this movie didn't take itself seriously as a superhero movie. Yeah. You know, kind of like, you know, even though it's before Spider-Man and whatever else, if it had been a more of a, a more serious tone Instead of you know stupid characters like the spleen, you know farting not farting people to unconsciousness, <laughs> yeah, which it's not that big of a deal. But I, I think at at the point when this movie came out, where it's okay to parody superheroes, you know, that I don't think a lot of people got it. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, you know, you, you I mean, look, you have Hank Azaria who plays the Blue Raja. Who can throw cutlery with great accuracy? <laughs> like, come on, you know you have Janine Garofalo as, a, as the bowler, a superhero with bowling skills. Eddie Izzard as Tony P, the leader of the Disco Boys. <laughs> Greg Kinnear as billionaire lawyer Lance Hunt. You know, Captain Amazing. You have, but you don't know who all the other, who any of the other heroes are. You just have Captain Amazing. You know. You have William H. Macy as Eddie the Shoveler, a sewer worker turned superhero. Yeah. Kel Mitchell as the Invisible Boy Wears. Hardy Lang. Yep. Lena Olin as Dr. Annabelle Leake. <coughs> Paul Rubens as the Spleen. Jeffrey Rush as Casanova Frankenstein. And the whole plot is... <coughs> I forgot is, Dane Cook was in there. Yeah, Dane Cook plays uh, the Waffler. The Waffler. <laughs> 
<laughs> but the whole plot is is that because Greg Kinnear's character, Captain Amazing, has been putting all these superhero super villains behind bars. He's all of his sponsors because he's sponsored, you know, kind of like NASCAR. Yeah, are starting to pull money from him, right? Yeah. So he comes up with this plan to start releasing these villains, right? Yeah. But it backfires on him, and they capture him. And it really backfires when these these less than grade A superheroes, these less than heroes, yeah, kill him. <coughs> you know, so what can you do? Dana Gold as Squeegee Man, a squeegee wielding character. You have Doug Jones. Doug Jones, okay. Yeah, he plays Pencilhead. Becky Beaner, the Blue Raja's mother. Mo, the band leader. You have all these characters that were were incredibly great. The backgrounds were wonderful. The the art direction, you know, where they they came up with a city that is normal, like what we would expect a city to be, yeah. but not one of our cities. They didn't use New York or L.A. or anything else like that. They did a mixture of all these great cities and all this great architecture to create this world. I And if you watch the movie from a technical standpoint... It's amazing how everything is is designed to show the characters in their environments. Yeah. You know, like right here where it says, um, each character has their own world and each color, each has a color palette. Uh, Casanova's Frankenstein world is fundamentally insane, so his house is full of colors. Kind of like Batman's, you know, 60s Batman. But the invisible boy, on the other hand, lives in a monochromatic world, you know? So... When it comes right down to it, I mean, obviously, if you haven't seen this movie, go out and see it or go out and rent it because it's worth it. It's not a great movie in any sense of the term. It's a fun movie. It's yeah, not, it, it had potential. Yeah, it's not Christmas Story, you know, cult. It's 60s Batman cult, you know. <laughs> That's the best way I can do it. I mean, it's, it's kind of that feel, that style where it – it, it, you're not gonna you're not gonna dislike it, I don't think. But it's you know it's just, it's not for repeated. I never got tired of Ben Stiller getting angry and it not working for him. Yeah, <laughs> just, just kept I just can't get tired of I the, of Hank Azaria's character because his character is just so lame. Yeah, you know he does cutlery. <laughs> he can throw cutlery. <laughs> it's so dumb. It's, <coughs> yes, but you're right. So, Mystery Men is not a bad movie. No, it's not. It's a, it's a fun movie. It's um, one of those ones I like seeing like every I don't know three or four years. Yeah, it's uh, it's sitting at like sixty percent at Rotten Tomatoes. All right. So six out of ten. I I I give it about that six to seven on the on the on the Cinescape scale. Do you like it better than League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? That's a good question. Um, I know that it's hard to compare because one's a comedy and one's I not. like no. Well, see, I like *League of Extraordinary Gentlemen*. It's one that I can watch repeatedly. Yeah, yeah. It that's it's weird. Okay. It's because I think it's it had potential. Yeah, but there are some really cool characters in there. I love the beginning where they're chasing uh, Doctor Jekyll. Yeah, Mr. Hyde. Yeah. So I like *The Invisible Man*. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's another one of those movies that had potential to be really good but it felt like they were just trying to do too much with one movie yeah well they fucked up a really good idea so yeah there you go all right i believe that was a warner brothers movie too lxg yep so anyways um 
There you go. Six right. out of six, six and a half. All right. So next on a couple of average Joe. Let's <laughs> see what I did there. No. Next on Cinescape Presents. <laughs> um, we will be talking about <laughs> our, our 2016 best and worst stuff. And then after that, we will be talking about the film <laughs> Underworld Blood Wars. We'll let you know what we think about that film. <laughs> okay. All right. Yep. So. For Cinescape Movie Reviews, I am Joe Spiegel. Mike Sutherland. All right. Good night. Good show. Jolly good show. Jolly good show indeed. Hakuna Matata, bitches. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And please remember, share the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. What is it, Joe? Yeah. You see that little button over there? Yeah. Yes. All you what do, button? The little share button. Which button is that? It says share. Sometimes it's a little arrow that goes in a circle. Regardless, it's there. Or more. So share. Share. Share that podcast. Click that shit. <laughs> it's simple. Please. We put we do put some work into this. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not as much as we should. But still, all you have to do. Is click the share button. Yeah. Click anything that says share. Like on our movie reviews, there's a Facebook share and a Google Plus. Pick one. We Sp- prefer Facebook, but, you know. Spread the love. Help us grow. Spread the love, and we will spread our legs open for you. No, we won't. I take showers. Well, what is that one? Show the balls? <laughs> open your balls. Open your balls. <laughs> share, uh, yeah. Share, share, the, share the show. Share the hell out of it. Sure. Give her some love. I sound like little Nicky. Have a good night. Share. This is the end. This is the end. Finito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to nibble the dust! Or go fuck yourself.